Mr. Kaler. Mr. Khan. Greetings. Greetings to you, sir. So, before we get things rolling today, I think uh, I'd like to once again thank all our dedicated listeners for downloading, liking, and subscribing. Definitely. Thank you very much, folks. And if you haven't done so yet already, please do so. It does help get us out there. And we are steadily growing our army of listeners. Steadily. Slowly. But we'd like to make a, a big bump. The tortoise wins the race. Okay. Mr. Kaler. Dear listener, we got to thinking. Why is this a thing? Hi, Vikram. We want you to make an actual effort to spell each word. And your 90 seconds will begin once I pronounce your first word. Are you ready? Yes. Excellent. Your first word is... Spielbone. Spielbone. Part of speech. Have you ever heard that word before, Mr. Kaler? Definition, please. I don't know. Can you use it in a sentence? May I use it in a sentence, please? (laughs) Let's see how young Vikram does. That is the uh, uh, National Geographic uh, spelling bee. Scripps National Spelling Bee. Bee. From from this year. Let's let's hear how Vikram does. S P E A L B O N E. I know the listeners are like. Well, shoot, you should just play the entire Scripps B for us. That's at least as entertaining as you two buffoons. <laughs> but, but the question for today is, why is this a thing? Why is it an accomplishment to just be able to spell words in the English language? Mr. Kaler? I, you know why? Because our language, our English language is just so darn hard. It's difficult. Not only for English speakers, but those who are using English as a second language. So we got to thinking, why don't we canvas our colleagues and see how they fared with some of the most commonly misspelled words out there. And here's how it went. Oh, Mr. Potter. Mr. Potter. I hate the way you said that. (laughs) I was just looking at an easy day. No. 10 seconds. I have one then. Well, for you, I have 20. Friend of the show, Mr. Potter, has agreed to try his hand at spelling three of the most commonly misspelled words in the English language. Mr. Kaler? Sure. Let's start out with an, uh, with uh, an easy one. Colleague. And he's taking the time to write it out, because oftentimes... I use this a lot, and I hope I spell it right. C-O-L-L-E-A-G-U-E. Correct. Not bad for a physics guy, right? And Correct. Mr. Kaler, the prize is? A, uh... A delightful Hershey kiss. All right. Official sponsor of the Kaler and Khan podcast. Thank you. So, Kaler, how is it that English is so crazy? What's what's at the root here? Can we can we boil this down to a couple of simple things to our listeners to explain why it's actually an accomplishment to spell words in our language? Uh, you know, I think you know, I think through the research, of course. Mm. Um, you know, we've kind of come up with uh, three big, I guess, explanations for why it's so difficult. Um, you know, I, I think one of them, and, you know, having gone back to some of the languages that we interviewed on our last show, one of them is the fact that the English language has no accents. Ah, no accent agu. Yeah, so, you know, you're looking at letters and, you know, there are some letters, a lot of letters in other languages, mm-hmm. words in other languages that have accents. Umlaut. Uh, and, 
you know, it, it gives you a clear indication on how to pronounce a word. Mm. And, you know, if you can pronounce it, you can spell it. That's true. The accent. English is fly by the seat of your pants. Yeah. How, do, how should I tackle that vowel sound? And speaking of vowel sounds in English, another thing that we discovered is that the English language has about 17 vowel sounds. However, our alphabet only contains five vowel letters. And so you have to use combinations of those five vowel letters to get those 17 vowel sounds, which can be confusing because it's not always a consistent rule that's there. Take Spanish as a counter example. Spanish has five vowel letters, five vowel sounds. A, E, E, O, U. Always. That's always the way you're going to be handling those vowels. Well, a heck of a lot easier. Mm, indeed. Oh, and now... <laughs> You could you could go over this last one, oh, Mr. All right, because I love because I can't this word. even pronounce it. Our language, dear listeners, is what is known as orthographically conservative, and what that means is, as we absorbed new words, we kept the old spelling. That's the conservative part. We, you know, saying that it's orthographically conservative means that we preserve the original spellings of it, although the pronunciations drifted, like. A chivalrous knight or a knife <laughs> or lochter. So you get these, you know, this this disconnect between how it sounds and how it's spelled. And at some point in time, just about every darn letter in our alphabet is silent in some word. Hmm. And that Take all three of those things together, and you've got one heck of a confusing language when it comes to trying to figure out how to spell and pronounce things. And I guess we'll go into the history. Okay, then. So, you know, going back to the historical roots, our, our language began as a, a Germanic language. Our English language. Yes, our English language has its roots in, in Germanic languages. The Angles, the Saxons, and I feel the often overlooked Jutes. <laughs> uh, the Jutes were an actual people. And the Angles, the Saxons, and the Jutes, they, they moved from the, the mainland of Western Europe to what today we call England, and they brought their language with them, a Germanic-based language with a runic alphabet. So what's runic? Well, runes, you know, Lord of the Rings type, ah, okay. type, type lettering, as opposed to the Latin alphabet that we're all familiar with. So almost like symbols? Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, letters are symbols too. True. <laughs> <laughs> They're just symbols you're True. used to seeing. Yeah, okay. I yeah. got it. I got it. So we've got that that phase of our language's history is called Old English, which then is followed by Middle English. And Mr. Kaler, I feel like this is right in your wheelhouse. Uh, you know, uh, about a thousand years ago uh, with William the Conqueror. Billy to his friends. Yes, yes. Um, William was the Duke of Normandy. And Normandy is from Northern France, right across the, the English Channel. So when he goes in and he takes over and becomes uh, England's first king, um, you know, you've got a French guy, an early French guy. Bonjour. Uh, who is, you know, the king of England. So of course, you know, he's now in control. Um, and his aristocracy is going to come on over and they're going to help rule as well. You know, they're going to be his confidants. The upper class become the upper class of 
I guess you can call it English society. And so, you know, they're French dudes. And so they're going to speak French. So in other words, you're saying the upper crust. Yeah. We're, we're French speakers. Yeah. And, and I guess... You're going to get that cultural diffusion taking place. There's, you know, this mixture of French and what you had talked about, old English. Mm -hmm. And you're going to develop, well, a whole new language. Middle, Middle English. So I guess this is a case of, you know, the very first king of England and the very first royal watchers trying to emulate the aristocracy. There you go. And then Middle English would still be pretty indecipherable to you and me. But uh, then came the great vowel shift where we changed the way we pronounce our vowels. They became longer. Right? And that brings us to modern English. Nobody's exactly sure what caused the great vowel shift, perhaps a diet high in fiber, I don't know. <laughs> and uh, we're never very far away from silly jokes about the bathroom. Are we, Mr. Kaler? No, of course not. No. But regardless of how it happened, why it happened, the great vowel shift happened, and that brings us to modern English, which you and I and all the listeners would be able to read and understand. Sure, it's time. Time that, you know, you you have a, a set language, you know, that middle English, and then it's just a matter of time. Over time, over exposure to other peoples, over exposure to themselves. Yep, and so They're now- They're gonna change. Exactly, and so now if you take the three issues that we uh, identified, lots of vowel sounds, but not very many vowel letters, no accents to help you figure things out, being orthographically conservative, and the fact that our language is, as your friend Bill put it, a kluge of yeah. you know Germanic, French. Now we start to see like, oh my gosh, this language was literally thrown in a blender with all kinds of strange preserved spellings. All right, friends of the show, Mr. and Mrs. Graining. All right, Mr. Kelly, you want to fire our first spelling word? At sure. Our sure. Colleagues, sure. here we um, go. And, you know, we'll start, with something, we'll start with something simple. The word is acquire. A-C-Q-U-I-R-E. Perfect. Correct. Very good. Nice and dumb, Mr. Graining. Very good. Uh, and may I pick the second one? Sure. Yeah, yeah, All right. yeah. I feel here? Like you have a pen and paper. Is, no. Do you guys want a pen? I mean, if I you do. Know. I'm just saying. You go next. No, I, this isn't a take Okay, here, here we go. This is all you. Listeners at home, this is how you make a relationship work. The word is glamorous. G-L-A-M-O-R-O-U-S. And once again, correct. Right. <laughs> I thought you were just extra letter in there somewhere. Mr. Kaler? Back to you, sir. Uh, you know what? It, we'll do a. Uh, you know, we'll do an easy one um, because I think that uh, Mrs. Mrs. Greening really could use an easy one. Um, Excuse me. I'm so, so you know what? We'll just we'll use the term. We'll use the word embarrass. Oh. E m b a r a s s. Wow, I would I would have made the same error because I was like, oh, he got it. He's three yeah. for three. E-M-B-A-R. There are, Mr. Kaler. Two R's, two R's. and two S's. And I only Yeah, one R. But this, this is the whole point. Yeah. This is 
This is the 100 most frequently misspelled words in the English language, and because of the unconventional spelling and pronunciation. So, Mr. Kaler, speaking of that, uh, you know, English being a mix of languages, can you break it down for us a little bit? What, what, where did, where did we pull from? Uh, well, I mean, you know, we obviously pulled from much, uh, uh, quite a bit of our languages from Latin. It's from the Germanic language, as you pointed out before, French, and I mean, heck, there are even words, you know, there are words that we use from all over the world now, uh, even as you pointed out, as far as Southern Asia. The word bungalow. So, you know, we learned... Uh, Which is from where? From India. You know, we learned as uh, the British Empire expanded and uh, interacted with new cultures, they adopted languages, took languages, and, and used them. I think that's what makes English so fascinating, is that it, as a language, we have adopted, we've been readily, uh, it's readily adopted languages that that, the, that English speakers have uh, come into contact over the last thousand years with. A very sticky language. And they've become, you know, integral words um, in English itself now. Yeah. Now, some examples of language insanity. Um, the letter W, perhaps you've noticed, it literally says double U. So the deal with that is, the old English language had a w sound in it. Mm -hmm. And there was a rune to represent the w sound. The Latin alphabet had no w sound. French had no w sound. So when William the Conqueror did his thing and conquered the Angles and the Saxons, as the French scribes were trying to record things, they had no letter to make the wuss sound. And so they solved this by writing two U's next to each other. In other words, Mr. Kaler. A double U. We had done some research and found out that, uh, you know, another oddity, well, we won't call it insanity, but we'll call it an oddity, is that, um, you know, there are quite a few words that you come across that have what you would call consonant clusters, back-to-back -back consonants. Um, you know, you mentioned the word knight before, uh, chivalrous knight. Chivalrous, is. yes, knight. Uh, or a knife, um, you know, that K-N consonant cluster. Uh, and then, of course, you've got the, you know, my favorite, the knat, or we would say nat, the G-N cluster, the or the P-N cluster for Pneumonia. Indeed. But you forgot one of the best GN cluster words mm. in the world. Oh, what? GNU. GNU. <laughs> <laughs> the new, right. Or the MN cluster. Mnemonic. Ah. There you go. And then, of course, there's the lost cluster. There used to be an HL cluster that we ditched because, uh, <laughs> well, we didn't like it. Uh, another peculiarity of our language is when you order meat, right? Yeah. If you want to have beef, apparently it's what's for dinner. Yeah. You don't get beef from a beef. 
You get beef from a cow. In <laughs> from an animal. From a cow. Yeah. yeah. We call it a cow. Like you don't say, "Hey, uh, I'm going to go buy some cow to make hamburgers tonight." Uh, uh, it, another oddity. Hamburger <laughs> from German. Uh, or or you know, if you're going to have some pork chops, right? You're having pork. And not pig. Not pig chops, but pork. And then, of course, there is mutton. Mutton? Yeah. And you don't say, hey, I'm eating sheep. I'm eating mutton. And this all comes back to our friend William the Conqueror again and the aristocratic French speakers. <laughs> but, well, the, the snobbery, you might say, of the aristocrats. Indeed. Them not wanting to associate with, you know, Eating an animal as opposed to eating something that sounded a little bit more fancy. Yeah, so basically what happened is that the peasants who were raising the animals were using the old English words for them. Cow, pig, sheep. But when the meat was then turned around and presented to the aristocracy, the upper crust, <laughs> it, they, they anglicized the French words to sort of give it that, that aura of ooh, so, pork, beef, like boeuf, sure. and mouton from French, mutton. Sure. And so, yeah, that's why, you know, it can be confusing. What the heck animal are you eating when you order beef? Or like you had mentioned earlier, um, chicken. Ah. Chicken and... Poultry. Poultry. Yeah. Poultry just sounds so much nicer. Mm. So... We've got that. And then the final thing is words that look like they should rhyme, but don't like daughter and laughter. I mean, they're spelled the same way. Ex and yet they don't rhyme. Not at all. Yeah. And so when we take a look at that, it, the A-U-G-H sound used to be pronounced, oh, you know, mm -hmm. Germanic. Mm -hmm. You know, that gutter, guttural, oh. So doctor and lochter. Yeah. But the pronunciation shifted. The spelling stayed the same because, Mr. Kaler, our language is... It, it's evolving? <laughs> you, he's refusing to say orthographically conservative. Orthographically conservative. There, there you go. Is. We have, let's set the stage here. We have friends of the show, Mr. Given, Mr. Tampori on one side of the table. And on the other side, we have Ms. Terzer and Ms. Donahue. The We're guys versus the girls. Yeah. Somewhat antiquated concept, but sure, okay. Sure, sure. Quaint. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we gotta cut. That's gonna be cut. Family friendly. All right. So we will uh, we'll we'll give each team a word to spell in in turn, one after the other. The goal: we're gonna give you three words, and and let's see what uh, what kind of spelling record you can amass with the most commonly misspelled words in the English language. Mr. Kaler, are you ready? Yes, I am. All right. For the ladies first. Of course. So ladies, here's the first word. Privilege. That's more than four letters. Did we have an agreement on that? We have an agreement. All right, so you spelled it P-R-I-V-I-L-E-D-G-E. -E. Mr. Khan? That is one of the common misspellings. So the D, you didn't need the D. I know that one. I know that one. All right, gentlemen, in a supreme twist of irony, Oh. Your word is misspell. Would you like me to use the word in a sentence? Uh, I think that's an easy one. <laughs> I think it's M-I-S-P-E-L-L. -L. Mr. Tampori, 
your partner is going to be upset with you because he was correct. M-I-S-S-P-E-L-L. Wow. So each team is now O and one. Quizmaster Kaler, back to you, sir. All right, ladies. <laughs> the word is occurrence. Ooh, that's a hard one. Occurrence. Mm. O-C-C-U-R-A-N-C-E. No. It's got the two words. Mr. Kaler? Unfortunately, ladies, you are now O for two. So there's two C's, two R's, and an E-N-C-E. Oh, so good. We didn't even have that. Back to you. Gentlemen, the word is tongue. You don't need me to use it in a... No, he's got it. Okay. That's spelled... And we have T-O-N-G-U-E. -E. That is correct. We're on the board. All right, ladies. Um, your third and final word. And I, I think this is a little bit easier for them. So give us a hard one. No, no, no. We'll, we'll, we'll give you a softball. The word is. <laughs> the word is tomorrow. Oh, we. You would have been one in Tom or Ro. If you get oh, it wrong, she's got a whole little thing for her. Uh, I don't think for so, so what's your so spelling? How are you gonna how are you gonna spell? O-M-O-R-R-O-W. Terza concur? Concur. Correct. There we go. Now we're tied. Now we need a tiebreaker. Boys for the win. No, we can yes. win it. Oh true. Yes. I don't know if I'm Thank you. And so gentlemen, your last word is ecstasy. All right. So, gentlemen, you're saying it's E-C-T-A-S-Y. Mr. Kaler, the ruling is? Um, the ruling is, of course, that is incorrect. Oh. Oh, so sad. Wait, wait, wait. Can oh. we steal? Yep. Yes, you can steal. Come on, girls. Go, 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 go. E-C-S-T-A-S-Y? That is correct. Yes. Well done. And finally, Mr. Kaler, one last bit of just language curiosity, uniqueness. Sure. Our days of the week. Yep. Which we explored uh, with the Romance languages. Yes. And we saw that they were named after basically uh, gods, Roman gods. Sure. Right? Um, taking a rundown of ours, starting off with everybody's favorite day, Monday. Monday in the English language is named after? The moon. Yeah, much like in the Romance languages, lunadi. Sure. Right? Lunar. Right. Luna. Yeah. Uh, Tuesday. In the Romance languages, for example, you have uh, Martidi, named after Mars, the god of war. Okay. In English, it's Tuesday, but connect it for us, please. Uh, well, Tuesday, choose the German god of war, too. Yeah, and so we took that idea of this day is named after a god of war, and it's just named after a Germanic god of war, not, not a Roman god of war. So, two, Tuesday. Which then brings us to Wednesday or Woden's Day. <laughs> Which, by the way, if you wonder why the heck is Wednesday spelled W-E-D-N-E-S-D-A-Y, mm -hmm. it's because it originally was Woden's Day. And you can hear Woden's Day. Wednesday. Yeah, exactly. And again, we preserved part of the spelling, but changed the pronunciation to just Wednesday. Yeah. And uh, Woden was the Germanic messenger of the gods. Which preserves, again, that meaning. Uh, if we look at Wednesday in one of the Romance languages, uh, you have uh, Miraculous, mm -hmm. Mercury, Messenger of the Gods. 
Which then brings us to... My favorite day of the week. Uh, Marvel day of the week, of course. Uh, uh, Thursday, named after our uh, Norse god of thun- of lightning, I should say, of thunder, uh, Thor. Thor. Thor's, Thor's day. day. Yes. And so in the Romance languages, the, the day Thursday is named after Jupiter Zeus, who was famous for his... Lightning bolt. Yeah, so there you go. We took that lightning idea. Greek-Roman connection to the Norse con- connection. Absolutely. By the way, Kayla, you excited for Love and Thunder? No. What? I'm sorry. It's the whole, there's a female Thor, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, uh, I just, I can't get over that. Come on, man. Long Island's own Natalie Portman. I'm sorry. Come on, Kayla. Nope. Go. Nope. Come on. I will not watch it. Next podcast. Kayla and Khan go to the movies. <laughs> We'll be like Siskel and Ebert. <laughs> All right, I'm Siskel. Okay. <laughs> now, back to the days of the week. After Thursday comes Friday. Uh, now, in the Romance languages, uh, Venerdi, named after Venus, the goddess of love and beauty. So, mm-hmm. Friday. Uh, it, the Norse goddess of love and beauty as well. Frigg. Frigg. And then Saturday. We're back to Saturn, Roman god of agriculture. Sure. And then that brings us back around to? Sunday, the day of the? Sun. There you go. And there we go. Followed then by the moon, back, back. to uh, back to Monday. Yes. Big wheel keeps on turning. <laughs> Carry me back to my home. <laughs> I thought we were going Tina Turner there. Oh, well, we could go. Wheel in the sky oh. keeps on oh, turning. Oh, wow. Wow. Six degrees of wheel. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, dear listeners, there you go. You are not alone in finding English very difficult to spell correctly. And that's because we've got a mismatch between vowel sounds and vowel letters. We are a language that preserves old spellings but changes the way they sound so wednesday from woden's day and no no, accents exactly no no cues and clues um but for all of that it is a pretty darn amazing language with some nifty nifty things hidden inside it lots of history i mean that's what we're all about too isn't it mr kaler the the unique masquerading as the mundane exactly yeah when it's right in front of you exactly and Take the days of the week. I hope that, you know, the next time it's Friday, you think of Frigg. <laughs> Got it. Norse goddess of beauty. Or, th- hey. And it's a beautiful thing to enter the weekend. Yes. And Thursday, we can all think of Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> <laughs> I think we better I go. I think we went too deep. I think we better go. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us again for another Voyage on the Seas of Absurdity. Like us. Please. Please. Somebody has to. Please. (laughs) Mr. Khan. Mr. Kaler. Live long. And prosper.